Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia, sunny Roswell, where we are purpose of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to grow your business and take it to that next level. Today, that guest is Annika Jackson. So let me tell you a little bit about Annika. She is a mother, community volunteer, philanthropist, marketing and communications professional, podcast host, and graduate adjunct professor at USC Annenberg, School of Communication and Journalism. As a marketer, she has had uh, done experiential marketing and event production. And I definitely am going to ask a little bit about that. Launch marketing, public relations, digital, and influencer throughout her multiple decade career. In her role, Currently, she is the VP of Operations for Full Capacity Marketing, a full-service agency focused on uplifting workforce development and educational institutions. Annika is the founder of Your Brand Amplified, a popular podcast dedicated to all things marketing, public relations, and entrepreneurship, and the creator of the Brand Amplifier Program, for small business owners and entrepreneurs to develop and strengthen their branding, marketing, and PR strategies. As it should be, our theme today is marketing and public relations, two things that many entrepreneurs fail to do. (laughs) Please welcome Annika Jackson. Vicki, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's so great. And it is true. You know, a lot of People and even in business, you know, uh, I was a project manager for a long time, <laughs> and as I ran projects, that there was always this conflict between marketing and operations, and, mm. and what do you want and um, what do you need, and and then PR, sadly, is just this lost child at the time. <laughs> so uh, I would love to um, be able to delve a little bit more into this, but I always start out with the easy question, okay. which is what part of the country do you call home? I presently call Southern California home. I'm in Redondo Beach, California. Oh, I love Redondo Beach. Yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, three blocks from the ocean. Yay. <laughs> uh, I, I've lived in many places. I grew up in Lawrence, Kansas. I lived in Chicago. This is my third time in LA. And I've also lived in San Francisco and Houston. And I was very fortunate that I moved back here right before the pandemic. So I didn't have to deal with the Houston weather. Love love a lot of things about Texas, not the weather. Um, And, uh, you know, just just be able to be outside still get 
feel like I'm getting some fresh air and, and all of that. Whenever I was young, we went across, I am originally from Pittsburgh and we went across country for a month. So two weeks, the lower part of the US and two weeks, the upper part. So we went all the way to California and my family, we all love the ocean. Of course, the Atlantic Ocean is a little bit warmer than the Pacific oh, yes. Ocean. Yes. When we got there, my distant, distant cousins said, oh, you don't want to go to the ocean. It's too cold. <laughs> so we went to this Olympic pool in near LA mm. and I never saw the ocean. So whenever later, many, many years later for work, when I was assigned to go to California, I went to the ocean every single time, <laughs> every single time. So there's your marketing for going to California and seeing the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, but I but you you're so correct about the warmth of the water. I like to look at it. I don't usually get in, but speaking of Pennsylvania, my boyfriend is from the Philly area. So oh. we go back several times a year to visit family and then go to Ocean City, New Jersey and enjoy the boardwalk and the water there and yes. get that experience. Yes. So you also get to experience the humidity of oh, Philadelphia. Yes. <laughs> People don't think about that, but yes, mm. it can be quite humid there. So let's talk about marketing. And before we get into the experiential marketing, talk to me about integrated marketing. Mm -hmm. What exactly do you mean by that? Now more than ever, and, and I know there, there will be some people who don't subscribe to this. Um, you know, the, everything used to be siloed. So mar marketing like is it operations, advertising, sales, PR, they were all part and parcel. And maybe you kind of knew what somebody else was doing, but not completely. But in this day and age, everything mm -hmm. is integrated. And what that looks like, I often like to talk about the PESO model. So mm -hmm. it's P-E-S-O. So what is, what are you doing for paid, right? So um, right, what advertising Right. mechanisms are using earned mm -hmm. media. So how are you getting promoted and talked about by other people mm -hmm. uh, that you're not paying for? So journalists, people giving yeah. you ratings and reviews, like we mm -hmm. have for our podcasts, that's earned media. And that helps give that third party validation that right. other people say that you are who you say you are. The shared channels, which are our social media channels, mm -hmm. and then our owned channels, which are your website, your newsletter, the things nobody else can take away from you. Yeah. So for me, you have to look at what are your strategies across all of those. And that is marketing and that is PR. So, right. If, if earned media, you get a great article in Washington post or in your mm -hmm. local newspaper or whatever it is, how are you going to share it out and turn it into a marketing message? Right. Because you're getting that third party validation. So you want to make sure that you're shouting it out on social media. You're telling people about that, that you're backlinking it to your website to build up that SEO and that brand authority on your website. Um, so, you know, you share it in your newsletter. So then you're sharing it across those channels. But then if it's something really fantastic, you might also want to use it as a linchpin for an advertising campaign. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So that that's a very quick summary. There's a lot more that you can get into there. But and a whole podcast, you mean? <laughs> a whole, yeah, uh, or more. There's a whole training program on, okay. um, I mean, there's a certification program that Peso mm -hmm. has. Yeah, but um, it's why I love what I do because I, because I started out in marketing and then I moved into PR, mm -hmm. but it gives me a different lens to look at things through. And I can say, okay, if somebody's coming to me and they think they need PR, I might say, hold on, 
let's, let's assess, let's look at everything else that you've done. Is this really where you need to be right now? Mm -hmm. Or do we need to take a step back and make sure that your website has the right calls to action, that your, your social media channels are all congruent with each other, mm. um, that you didn't just pick random names because your the your main name wasn't available on all the channels, <laughs> that your bio is consistent, all the links work. Let's mm -hmm. make sure all of that stuff is done, that you know who you are and you know what audience you're trying to speak to before we start with your PR. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I always take that integrated holistic approach uh, so that, because I don't want people to waste their money. Mm -hmm. I, I know time and money are both precious commodities um, for everybody. And especially if you're starting out as small business and entrepreneur, or an, you're an entrepreneur who's not even starting yet, you, do, you have ideas, mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your buck. So, and so I, I know like I've only been um, doing this for a couple years after my retirement from the corporate world. And so some of the things that you said really ring true, there's probably like a process though, and again, my project management hat, that mm -hmm. you can't do it all at, at once. Obviously mm -hmm. I, I would say get a VA to help you, but you know, <laughs> for me, like last week, I spoke two times um, at two different conferences and, but that's not on my website. Oh and, yeah. And you know, it's, I'm starting to post on social media about it and I, and things, but, and, and I don't have a newsletter or blog. So what, what would your recommendation be for someone like me mm -hmm. who did that, wants to promote that visibility so you get more speaking gigs? What would you say is the most bang for your buck if you can't do it all at once? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And we can't all do it all at once. I mean, even before we got on this episode, I was telling you, I'm I'm in the, I'm kind of repositioning and rebranding. I haven't posted on my socials in a week or two because mm -hmm. I'm I have all this content that I'm saving, but I'm thinking through what are my content pillars that I, how do I want to show up to my audience? Cause it's changed a few times yeah. and um, I want to make sure that I'm showing up the way I want to today in this moment. Right. So the first thing is for social media, what it's important to have all of the channels reserved, but really starting out, pick your one or two that your audience is living on and mm -hmm. fine tune those. Maybe yeah. use repurpose the content on the other channels, but don't worry as much about them. Really focus mm -hmm. on where your audience is living. And so if you didn't post, I don't know if you, if did you post your speaking engagements on your mm -hmm. social media? Yeah, okay. I did. And I, I am everywhere, but I mostly, my audience is mostly from LinkedIn yeah. or Facebook. And I, for podcast and for my other anti-aging business, I use Twitter and mm -hmm. um, Instagram. Mm -hmm. and Facebook and not so much the, the LinkedIn, but, you know, for speaking gigs, definitely it's, I'm putting stuff out there on my Facebook business page and my Facebook and my LinkedIn page. Yeah. yeah. And then making sure as a speaker, you have your press kit that you're starting, that you, that you get all the videos that you can. Um, that's one of the things I love about living in a virtual world, right? You can record mm -hmm. everything. You have that so you have that proof of yeah. what an excellent speaker you are, what the topics are that you can speak on. And then you can put the links. If, if it's something that somebody can look at and replay later, put those links on your website. Yeah. And then if you don't have a blog, that's fine. Share it on your LinkedIn. Hey, mm -hmm. do you still want to see this talk that I gave? Here it is. 
You can also then create your speakers reel, have that live on your website. Yeah. So it's still tying into all the things that you're doing. And um, the, the great thing, you know, I had mentioned, I have, I do so many podcasts that I have to make you wait two months till you actually see it out there. So just as I have that, the two places that I spoke, I don't expect to see those reels or those, um, those videos back for at least 30 days. Mm -hmm. So now that gives me another opportunity exactly. in 30 days to market that and have some PR going on. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think the biggest things people want to see, they want to really, they want to see that you are who you say you are. So they want that authenticity, right? right. That they want to be able to see that you really are a subject matter expert mm -hmm. in what you're, how you're, how you're presenting yourself and then what you are pitching so that yeah. they will come to you and say, yes, Vicki is that expert that I need right now to come speak at my conference. Right. right. Yeah. So how have marketing and PR changed during your career? <laughs> we'll not go into oh, mine, man. but your career. <laughs> well, when I started out, it was the very early days of the internet. So it was very, very different than it is today. Yeah. Um, I also, when I started out working for agencies, I worked for an agency called KBA Marketing in mm -hmm. Chicago. I worked on brands that you, I worked on camel. I don't smoke cigarettes. I still don't smoke <laughs> cigarettes, but that was when people smoked in bars. And so I was a nightlife promoter. And so I would have to go to bars and make sure the bartenders had their camels and talk to people about cigarettes, even though I didn't smoke, um, which sounds just really odd now, but <laughs> you know, but, but that, the, that was the reality. And so I worked mm -hmm. on that and Smirnoff and Audi for getting people to come in for test drives. Um, and then in my moves, when I lived in San Francisco, I launched a music magazine and this was in the year 2000 nice. called Revolution. It was a dance music magazine that came with a CD mm. every month. Oh, but super. It, yeah, it was really fun. But here's, here's an example of how things have changed. We did a lot of direct mail for advertisers, <laughs> particularly to the advertisers at that point. So we'd do little fun campaigns with tchotchkes talking about why they should advertise in the magazine. Uh, I feel like direct mail is going to start coming back because I don't want to get another email, but if I get something in the mail, that's different. I'm going to take yeah. a look at it and actually right. pay attention to it now. Uh, so to find my promoters across the country, I had to go into AOL music chat rooms and go, okay, where, where are the music chat rooms? Maybe some people in here. And I would just say, Hey, I'm, we're starting a new music magazine. If you want to be part of it, I'm looking for my street team of revolutionaries nice. and, and we will send you stuff every month for free, just free to promote what we're doing. So we would send them, if we had events coming up near their cities, mm -hmm. we would send them flyers, mm -hmm. record bags, stickers, mm -hmm. copies of the magazine to hand out, swag, just swag, swag, swag. And it was really about that. So that was street teams. It was also influencer marketing. Yeah. It was also digital marketing in the very, very early days. And wow. now obviously there's 5 million platforms you can go on to find influencers, mm. people that you want to promote things, or you can go, there's Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, communities all over the place right. that you can find digitally. So it's, the world's become a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. It's become easier in some ways to get our message out, but it's also become harder because of the competition with everybody else who's trying to get their message out. Yeah, for sure. So how can you stand out? Yes, 
Exactly. As you were talking about that, it did bring back some uh, memories. When I was your age, probably, I worked for a wine and spirits brokerage for a year. Mm. And I, it was the what a girl Friday, <laughs> you know, basically I did everything and we did promotions for all of our brands. Right. And so I worked over top of a, a storage facility because <laughs> we had all that chachi and that oh my gosh. things. And I did like you, I would go to the bars and um, like the Seagram's bear, if anybody's old enough to remember the yeah. Seagram's bear. And I had to you know, go around with him because he could oh hardly see and, you know, just be uh, high heels and short skirt with his bear. <laughs> but it was our way of promoting the products yeah. and giving away. And you had to give away so much to get that, you know, brand recognition. Right. And, and as you said, though, all of those things have helped me understand how today we need to market online. Exactly. Well, so what marketing and PR advice do you have for a brand new business just starting, doesn't know what the heck they're doing in business, let alone in marketing? <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think a lot of people forget about marketing or they have a different, they, their perception of what marketing is, is not quite what we do. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter what your industry is. I hear I have a lot of people come to me and say, I mean, even my boyfriend, who's a filmmaker, he talks about, I didn't know about branding and marketing. If I, I, I just thought I'm a creative, I just put it out there and then we'll <laughs> find it. Right. And that's what a lot of business owners think. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to create my website and then people I'll, I'll start a Facebook group and then everybody's just going to come join. Well, no, you actually, you have to put a lot of work and effort. Into yes. that. Because again, it comes back to who are you? Do you have that brand authority? And so the first recommendation after you do your branding work, you know, you've keyed in who your audiences are even down to their entire customer persona yeah. uh, that, you know, and customer persona would include what are their hobbies? Yeah. So you put a name to somebody, put an age, yeah. what do they like, where do they live? What do they do for work? What do they like to do for fun? What kind of music do they listen to all those things. So then you can build up like how, then what messages are going to resonate with that audience. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I always recommend is do a competitive analysis, see what your competitors are doing. Right, right. Look at, there's a lot of free SEO tools out there. So see what search, what's coming up when people put in your industry. Mm -hmm. um, you can even look at like Google trends and do that. So there are a lot of easy ways to start thinking about how am I going to frame my messaging? Yeah. And then that gives you the fodder to say, oh, those are some words I didn't think about. Mm. But those are words that people are associating with my industry. So I need to put those into, onto my website, yeah. into my social media posts. In your messaging. And yes. create, you know, and then that helps you also create the rest of your marketing messages. And then mm. how are you going to message to a journalist? Oh, yeah. Um, For articles. If you, yeah. If you don't want to spend a lot of money, there's a lot of resources out there, uh, quoted, which is Q W O T D source bottle, help a reporter mm. out. These are all free resources. You can sign up for their newsletters and they'll, you'll get inbound requests because awesome. in P PR, there's a few different things, but there's outbound is when we're pitching you to a journalist, mm -hmm. um, cold email, cold calling essentially. Right. right? Yes. And then inbound is when you're getting the requests from the journalists. And Vicki, you were talking about Twitter. 
There's a couple of hashtags on Twitter people can mm -hmm. follow. One is hashtag journal request and okay. hashtag PR request. Journalists oh. will put something that they need on Twitter and use those oh. hashtags. So you can Very filter. It, it takes a little bit more time than hiring somebody who's already in that field. But all, all of these resources, like Harrow, the Help a Reporter Out newsletter, comes to your inbox three times a day. Hmm. You have to look through, find the right category, see if you're appropriate for something, send in your answer. Mm -hmm. But we've had pretty good success with for clients doing even to doing be able to like do that. those articles, and and yeah. it is important to be published in those different, you know, not only books but in articles as well. Yeah. So, what do you think the most effective ways? Um, we should use PR, you know, and again, from my days originally, and probably all the way in early 2000, you actually did a press release, but how valid is a press release now? What other ways could you do something to get that same result? Yeah, it's a press releases. It, that's a tough subject because we still put them out but they're really only good for SEO value at this point. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the responses you're going to get from them are going to be publications that are asking you to pay to write about you. They're mm -hmm. not going to be those great hits. Yeah. So that's where a lot of our pitching strategy comes in. Um, but for somebody who's really looking to start getting some PR, again, mm -hmm. getting those newsletters, but also what are the publications that you really want to be in? Yeah. And who's writing about your subject matter that you're an expert in? Follow them on social media. Mm -hmm. Do a little bit of interaction. Just DM them or comment on their la latest tweet in your industry. Yeah. Just start showing up a little bit as a resource and somebody who appreciates what they're doing. And then you're teeing it up to pitch them. I see that you write about XYZ. Let me tell you how my company is changing the industry. And let mm -hmm. me tell you about what we're seeing in my market mm -hmm. with that industry. So there are really easy ways to start building relationships with reporters and journalists, and then be able to tee yourself up without having to break the bank, without having to spend hours and hours. If you spend 15 minutes a day going through mm -hmm. this and following these reporters and looking at what they're writing, that's enough. Just mm -hmm. start small. And then of course, podcasting, which is, I think both of us, it's one of our favorite platforms. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Yeah. And so I would say podcasting now is a better bet to get your message out and get the SEO and get in front of the right audience than sending than spending money on a press release. Yeah. So. I agree. I, I find that this is such a wonderful way to network because you have quality time. You know, it's not just five minutes. It's not yeah. just even less than that in person. I, I did this morning in person networking, which had like 12 people there and I might've had time to talk to three of them. Mm. And, and it wasn't, you know, uh, a relationship building thing, but here, you know, we spend 30 minutes and before and after we even have extra time and you really can start that relationship that could build a collaboration or a joint venture or something. Um, and even find people that we each could help, you know, in what we do. It, it happens every day. Uh, mm -hmm. Yesterday or the day before, I think the day before I did, and I, I've just started venturing more into podcast interviews 
because I'm used to interviewing people. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I did an interview on marketing and branding and PR mm-hmm. and it was for the finance industry. Then I got a DM from the host saying, I, right after we got off the podcast, somebody said, Hey, I need somebody to help me with my social media and this and that. And I refer them to you right there. I got a awesome. typing hot lead with somebody who was so anxious to talk to me, but I said, let's do it next week. I need to find <laughs> repair. I want to get your information. I want to make sure that I'm the right person for you. Yeah. And before we get on the call and then we get on the call, you know, it's like dating you see, okay. Are we still the right people to just yeah. seem like it might work? And then move forward. Yesterday, I was on a call with a client in um, a workforce development agency, mm-hmm. and they had to go speak in Sacramento um, to an appropriations committee. And they had listened to a couple of podcast episodes on storytelling. And it, they changed their presentation completely and went in there feeling a lot more confident. Yeah, And that was be- me interviewing you know, having other people who are experts come onto my right. podcast and talk right. about that. But I love hearing that. And I love that experience. And like you said, we wouldn't have met if right. we didn't have this connection through podcasting and the number of people I'm meeting and starting to figure out how can we work together? Who can I refer to you? Or is there a great, like you said, a JV partnership in the mm-hmm. works? Like what, how, what else can we do here? There's yeah. always more to explore when we're done with the episode and then the episode lives on yeah it's something that people will keep going back to and then it, you know i i could write a book from all of the yes, books that, that i have and exactly and i have now 180 new friends yeah. <laughs> so now i have resources for summits as well as retreats that i want to do and it takes away that oh my gosh who am i going to get Whenever right. I first started to venture into this, the networking, it w- having summits, everybody seemed so tense about it. And then I got into podcasting. And as soon as I say that I'm a podcast host, it's like everybody raises their hand and wants <laughs> to talk to me. It's just a wonderful thing. But I'm like you, I do this hosting more than I do the, um, the guesting. And I've got to now venture to 50 50 that so that I can get um, take advantage of of having people hear my story as much as my guests yes speaking of which um, what are some of the lessons you've learned with your various entrepreneurship journey oh my (laughs) that is a very loaded question (laughs) there's so much one is we often as in any business, we forget that we also have like in marketing and PR, I also need to market myself and do PR for myself and make sure my website that that all of the things that I'm trying to tell other people to do that I'm also doing them. And we're not always good at that because we're so focused on the clients and everything else. (laughs) As I said. (laughs) Yeah. And the other uh, entrepreneurship is not easy. I applaud you for the, when you're saying that you know, it, it can be a lonely journey. Mm-hmm. And, but when you start doing things like podcasting or finding other communities, all of a sudden it's not lonely and you have yeah. other people to lean on and work with who are probably, some of them are going to be really good and better, much better than you at certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your expertise is going to be exactly what they need in that moment. And I think for a lot of the time, I've tried to do things on my own. I've also 
hired the wrong people mm-hmm. because I was trying to hire friends who I thought had the right skill set and then found out they didn't do the work that I paid them to do and mm. have had to, I'm in the middle of one of those situations where I'm digging out from that still yeah. because, you know, um, or people who make sure you surround yourself with people who are smarter than you from the beginning <laughs> um, so and, true. and who are willing to tell you that you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, willing, be willing to say, you know what, maybe you don't hire 14 people's employees in five different States right now, mm-hmm. because you think you can do that. Maybe let's make sure we have X amount of money in the bank. Let's, and I'm talking yeah. from personal experience or even charging people. I think a lot of times, particularly as women, sometimes we undervalue or we think, Oh, I have to diminish my self. I have to charge less so that I can prove my value. But if people are paying less, they're often not going to value your time as much. I, I've had a lot more experiences with people who I try to give discounts to who cut services faster because they didn't get the result that a $10,000 client was yeah. paying, right? When they're paying $500 or $1,000 because right. that's what is exactly. in their budget. Um, and then I'll just, yeah, charging correctly. I think that's been something throughout many of my businesses. I've always... I've almost approached it too kindly in some ways, like as a people pleaser. And I'm now shifting that into, no, it's okay for me to want to have nice things. It's okay mm-hmm. for me to make sure I'm taken care of. It's not just about everybody else. Yeah. And that's a big, that, that shift is really hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. I know that I was just working on uh, a sales letter today and it was somebody that I just met and I offered to have just do a a three session with them so rather than charging what I normally charge I said for this one time so you can try me out just like with my anti-aging products I'd like you to try it first before you uh, commit to uh, full time and so it's like for this one time you can have this price <laughs> but after that no sir no sir mm-hmm. and whether or not they take it beyond it, it's a, like you said it's like dating I, I might not want them to take it right <laughs> and so this is a good way for me to just say well but the price is five times what I charge you for the second time knowing that they probably wouldn't pay that yeah and then I will say for um one more thing on the PR side Everybody has a story. Everybody has a valuable story to tell. My company now, because I just um, am merging into another company, Full Capacity Marketing that you talked about in my intro. My CEO has been in workforce development and education for over 21 years. She has won 75 awards globally, but Mm -hmm. she didn't realize that she's never done PR, right? For herself, for the company, she hasn't needed to. And she didn't really believe that she had a story to tell. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Your your story is the reason you're so involved in this work. This story is important. And the fact that you've been able to have this amazing woman-owned virtual company for 21 years and do all of these great things to help people with that connection between workforce and education and get people what they need to level up. That I is- need to have her on my podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have to have you on my podcast. Yeah. So touch on another piece of what you do that also touches my heart um, is the nonprofit. So talk to us a little bit about the um, nonprofit. 
piece. Well, I am a big believer in giving back and I always have been. My mom was a social worker. My dad's mom was a social worker. Mm -hmm. I could never figure out if I wanted to go into business or social work. So I kind of married them both. I get to do communications for impact-driven businesses. And then on the nonprofit side, I think it's really important, just like for your work or any other part of your life, to figure out what you're really passionate about. Not everybody wants to work with homelessness or animals or food insecurity or whatever other issue, you know, all the different issues out there. Mm -hmm. So I read a book called Half the Sky by Nicholas Kristoff and Cheryl Wudun. And it's from a Chinese proverb about women holding up half the sky. But then the book talked about women's and girls' issues around Mm. the world with getting education, economic security, healthcare, things like that. And it really solidified, okay, yes, these, this is where I'm passionate about. So education, um, and basic, basic needs, right? I think education is an inherent, right? Right. I think basic healthcare is an inherent, right? Mm. And shelter, all Maslow's hierarchy of needs, plus a few, (laughs) So I started a nonprofit called Learn, Grow, Lead, and it's been about 12 years now mm-hmm. with some friends. One of my girlfriends had gone to Ghana mm-hmm. and um, she met a man there who was trying to help kids on a very meager salary. And he started a nonprofit there because that's where his heart was. And so yeah. since then we've built up and we were paying for kids to go to school in Cape Coast, but yes. then we realized some of the kids didn't have a safe place to live. So they were maybe renting a room from somebody, having to work Mm. off the room after school, just wasn't safe. So we built an orphanage for the neediest kids. And then we also said, people don't want other people just to come in and save them. You know, that's, yes, these were the Mm. immediate needs, the Band-Aid solution. Yeah, but they have had all these business ideas. They just needed funding. So we started Organic Farm. And we leased the land. And right now we're about to go into fundraising to buy farmland because two years after we're able to purchase the land, the team in Ghana will be, will be self-sufficient. We won't need to pay for any of the expenses of the orphanage for the hundred and something kids that are in the school program right now. And we'll Mm. be able to move on to figure out, do we want to move to a different geography? Do we want to now do more with these kids? Do we want to give extra programming, other Mm. skill building? perhaps help pay for some college tuition now because these kids won't have a chance, even though we're paying for them to go through high school, they don't have the money to go to college afterwards. So how do we continue building that? Because, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's highly important. And then I'm on a couple of other boards of different organizations that are also focused on women, women of color, Mm -hmm. um, giving back and um, national charity league with my daughter uh, she's in high school. So we're doing that's a mother daughter volunteer. Nice. Uh, one of the things that I do is I work with the youth to help them mm-hmm. become more confident speakers and, uh-huh. and leaders. And as you were talking about that, I thought, oh, you know, that's what I need to do for you for Ghana is to help those kids. I do. Um, a lot of my programs are with at risk kids because I just think everyone needs a leg up and I'm actually in the process of writing a book of, about all that. Ooh, but, amazing. Um, anyway, back to you. So share a bit more about um, what has made this or any year the best year of your life. <laughs> oh, if you could think question. back what, you know, 
I, I will say this year is truly, and we're not that far into it, but I think because <laughs> I moved back to LA in 2019 from Houston. I had a business in Houston. It didn't make a lot of money. I, my daughter wanted to be back in Los Angeles. My ex-husband wanted to be back in Los Angeles. I paid to move myself here. He set up a couple things for me, but not everything that I thought I was going to get. Mm -hmm. So I was in for a very rude awakening. I had no money in my bank account. I had, I got on food stamps and had to really just restart yeah. and figure out what my new normal was like. And I think a lot of women go through that, especially post-divorce. We get ourselves, we find ourselves getting lost in our relationships mm -hmm. with our spouses we and with our kids and those identities. Right. And so finding your identity again, and then moving to another city and really finding it again, I, I ended up getting referral clients and building up my agency and did a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I, I did hire a lot more employees than I should have, because I thought it, that was the right thing to do. And uh, so definitely I should have taken a few more business courses, <laughs> I but it was, it, they're really good lessons. And I still work with most of those people today. Um, we just really formed a bond and have a great appreciation for each other. I merged with another firm. Then I figured out that that wasn't right, the right option for me. Left that last June, started my own agency slowly, slowly. Then I had this opportunity that I have now. Mm -hmm. It took about six months to get to where we are, a little bit more than that. But I really feel like I'm in the right place. I'm exactly yes. where I'm supposed to be, that everything I've learned has brought me here. I have mm -hmm. an amazing job that I love. My daughter is a freshman in high school, but she already knows she wants to be a neuroscientist and get her PhD. Oh. I don't have to push her at all. Um, it's kind of funny because when people meet us, they're like, okay, you do marketing and PR and you're on social media and all this stuff. And your daughter hates social media and wants to be a scientist <laughs> and work in a lab. <laughs> like, yes, but I could not be more proud of that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I teach grad school, you know, nice. I'm doing all these great things. And then the podcast, I get to meet amazing people like yourself mm, awesome. and make these connections. So I really do think, I thought last year coming out of the pandemic, I, I think everybody said 2022 is going to be my year. And it, it was a year of lessons and really yeah. recalibrating. And this year is the year I'm seeing my path really nice. unfold. And, you know, I'm, um, it's that funny thing too, when you're younger and you, you think this is my, this is the time. And then you get to your thirties and you're like, these are really good years. And then I'm like, oh no, the best years are in your forties. And I'm, a, I'm just a couple of years away from 50 now. And I'm looking forward to every, every days were one of my best. That was a great 10 years, but now I'm 65 and I completely am enjoying it. So, that's, you know, that's wonderful. but fifties were great. You no longer care what people think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 40s, I think we still you. have a little bit. I'm starting to get out of that caring <laughs> as much, but I'm not quite all the way out. Yeah. <laughs> so. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> all right. It's time now for us to share my screen of the information. So if you have not taken notes, uh, shame on you. But uh, it's time now for you to grab that paper pencil so that we can share the website information and other stuff. Okay, so it is Amplify with Annika, A-M-P-L-I-F-Y-W-I-T-H-A-N-I-K-A, -A -A, Amplify with Annika. She is on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, 
She's also on YouTube. You could just search Amplify with Annika. But I'm going to let her talk to you about um, her call to action piece. Yes, thank you, Vicki. I am happy to talk to anybody anytime. Well, anytime that's available on my calendar. I'll caveat for a 30-minute strategy session on any topic that you want to ask. No obligation at all. I just love talking to people about business and up and marketing and PR and strategy. So however I can be helpful and add value to what you're doing, just get into jump into my Calendly link, follow me on socials. Um I try to post, well, I'm, I'm recalibrating, but by the time this comes out, I'll be posting new content and sharing tips of, that I learned from my, um, from the speakers on my podcast and also just mm -hmm. from everything I do in, with my clients every day. And then I also have a program called the Brand Amplifier, which Ooh. teaches small, small businesses all the basics of branding, marketing, and PR to get them to that next level without having to break the bank, hiring a big budget firm. Um, and so I will be launching that, um, relaunching that actually in the May timeframe. Um, okay. And it's just an ongoing program with a lot of options. So, so that's there you're at your brand amplified. So make yes. sure you take note of that. And if you do go and get that freebie of the strategy session, please go to one of her social media sites or to her website and put in a comment, a, a testimonial on um, how great she was. That would be much appreciated, please. <laughs> All right. And again, um, please do subscribe to my podcast as well as hers. And would you give your podcast name one more time? Yes. Your brand amplified. Your <laughs> brand amplified. So make sure you take note of that. All right. So it was wonderful. You shared so many great tips and great advice. And as I said, a lot of times PR and marketing are very much um, mysteries. And uh, some people may think of them as Pandora's box too, but mm -hmm. it's really important that you do have, uh, I love the integrated marketing because for somebody that ran projects, there's yeah. no way that you cannot be successful without having all of those things tied together and the strategy and the vision is all tied to that. So it's wonderful advice that you shared. So thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Vicki. And as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.